exploring the 402. Welcome to the Nebraska Hawksmith. These guys are brave. They're Hawkeyes living in enemy territory. Listen, these guys are way past their fear, but they're still Hawkeyes. They're spreading the Hawkeye hype to all of Nebraska. The Frost Advisory is canceled. Cornhuskers, more like corn suckers. Are you ready for this podcast? Let's go, Hawks! All right, welcome back to the Nebraska Hawks Nest, your Hawkeye oasis located in a Nebraska desert. We are excited today to have Iowa Hawkeye women's basketball star Monica Sonano here today. Monica, how's it going? It's going good. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me. I think, oh. Jerry, Jerry, this might be the earliest interview we've ever done. Oh, I know. I'm telling uh, I'm I got one cup of coffee down. I need another one here. I'm so sorry for joining you. Well, that's oh, we gotta be up anyway. Monica's an early riser, so she's yeah. like waking, waking up, getting us up early for this interview. That's good. Get us started <laughs> off the right way. Well, the uh, the one good thing about it though is the Iowa women's basketball team. We always have a lot of fun interviewing you guys, so it's it's something good to help us uh, get up for this interview. So thank you for joining us. Thank you. So anybody that follows this podcast, watches these interviews, knows that Jerry and I, the Iowa women's basketball program has a real special place in our heart. We're huge, huge fans of the program, of the personalities, the family atmosphere, the great coaches that you guys have. But we want to start out from the, at the very beginning, Monica. Now, coming out of Watertown, Minnesota, you grew up like a stone's throw from the barn there in Minnesota the University of Minnesota. And it's no secret that your sister is there right now, but we want to talk about you first. How difficult was it for you to, to say no to Minnesota, come to Iowa, and what type of backlash, if any, did you get? Well, it was kind of interesting. At the time that I was kind of in my recruitment period, Lindsay Whalen obviously wasn't the coach. Um, and there was kind of a, a thing that Minnesotans were like getting recruited kind of understood. And that was that Minnesota didn't really recruit Minnesota kids at that time with that coaching staff. I think they might've had one or two kids on the staff total. So it wasn't really a shock that I didn't get recruited by them. Um, not many people did. I think it's super awesome that the, the coaching staff now, like my sister's there, their whole, almost a whole recruiting class is Minnesota kids. Um, it's really nice to see them all stay there, but yeah, it wasn't really kind of an option for me. Um, but I honestly think that if I would have had a Minnesota offer and an Iowa offer, I still would be where I am. I just, I kind of at that point in my life was like, I have to get as far away from home as I can. <laughs> so obviously one comes to Iowa when they want to get a far, as far away from home as they can. Uh -huh. So yeah, that was kind of uh, 
a weird period. Recruitment just feels like a fever dream, but uh, yeah, it was it was interesting to say the least. Yeah. So, uh, Monica, you know, uh, I got a two part question, actually. The first one is let's clarify and get out of the way. Adam and I had to ask you, but for all the Hawkeye fans, the media and everybody out there, tell us the proper pronunciation of your last name. Uh Oh, she's freezing up a little. Can you hear me? That is Monica Sinano, like Sin and then just Ano. The Z has no purpose. (laughs) <laughs> other than making the spelling stand out for yeah, you, other but well, Z has no purpose. Yeah. Well, as we were saying, it's kind of got a little bit of a Kirk Ferentz theme going because everybody must pronounce his name. It took 20 years, I think for everybody to uh, get on board. So we want to make sure we get that clarified so that we all, uh, we all get on board here, but going back to your sister, then Maggie, who plays for Minnesota, you guys, uh, from what I we read in our research, you guys had a pretty competitive upbringing in your game. You know, talk to us a little bit more about you and Maggie and your relationship growing up versus how it is now while she's at Minnesota. Oh yeah, growing up, I was. A, I'm sure everybody wants me to be like, oh, we've all like been close, had this nice little competitive. No, I was mean. I was, <laughs> I was a mean older sibling. Like I was just that demanding, like just all in your face older sibling i i'm like the opposite i mellowed out in high school it was the weirdest transition but i think the best thing that has ever happened to us is that maggie's a guard and i'm a post because if we both played the same position it would have been brutal but i think like despite it all growing up minnesota you can play up so like i played varsity in eighth grade she played up in eighth grade um so i got to play with her a little bit uh when I was a junior and a senior and at first it was just like, I would always yell at her. Like it was, I, yeah, I'm not who I am today, but <laughs> um, it was just kind of an amazing experience looking back at it though, because how often do people get to play with and against their siblings? Like it's, it's, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. The, my favorite quote I read, um, Adam uh, was, it said, uh, the article I read said they had one full season together when Monica was a senior, Maggie was a freshman. There was one game where Maggie scored more points. Best game of my life, she said. Uh-huh. <laughs> After the game, Maggie just like, and we never really talked about scores like that. It just like wasn't really a thing in our family. It was just as long as you're having fun, do it. And Maggie yeah. just came over after the game and was just like, how many points did you have? And I was just like, oh, I don't know, Maggie. And just had to read me the score. Like she knew right away (laughs) one game and I'll never, never live it down. You know what's funny? My, my youngest sister actually broke both of our scoring records at Watertown Hmm. this past year. And she called me, you guys really aren't that good. Like I broke (laughs) your guys' records at Watertown. She, yeah, she's the best one, I guess. (laughs) Jerry, that makes me feel a lot better to hear her talk about that relationship with her sister because it's the same way with my kids. My daughter is the middle, and then my oldest son, she just is like borderline, like not abusive, but she bullies him and she's on him and just lets him have it and is really rough on him. And I know she loves him. And I always tell her, I'm like, one of these days when you get older, you're going to have a lot of guilt and you're going to regret how mean you were to him because he just sits there and takes it. And he's so patient with her and just adores her. And she has zero patience for him at all. Yes, that was me. But now, 
now that we're older and she's kind of living kind of the same process, I would say around kind of what I went through, we've gotten so much closer. It's actually insane. Um, She'll call me and kind of, it's fun. We can do like scouting reports with each other that are like different teams. We'll call each other and talk about it. Um, But yeah, growing up for sure, it was so nice that she was a guard and I was a post because we can never be compared to one another. We never had that kind of pressure um, on us. We were just kind of allowed to, kind of develop as we wanted to how crazy is that in the women's game though because you're listed at six three and your sister's listed at six foot and you're a post player and she's a guard you know i think a lot of us get into the mindset of the men's game where there might be a six to eight inch difference between the post and the guard and i mean there's only a couple two to three inches difference Mm -hmm. is all it takes you know i mean how are your ball handling skills could you have taken on that guard role or no, I have, uh, I love to like shoot threes in practice and everyone's like get a half court and just go the whole distance and everybody is just like holding their breath the whole time. But um, I actually, my AU coach made me do ball handling for a little bit. So it's not awful. It's not good. Coach Jay would not be happy if I did any of that, <laughs> but um, it is kind of weird. I think the whole time we were growing up, we just knew given my my demeanor, my like big, tough demeanor that I was going to be the one hitting people and Maggie was going to be the one shooting outside. But yeah, it, it is kind of crazy. Honestly, sometimes even you have guards that are like six, two and I'm like an inch taller than them. I'm like, what are we doing here? Uh, but yeah, I think it's just, it's all to do with kind of your mentality growing up and kind of your body style. Uh, because there's absolutely no way you're going to catch me on the three point line doing all those dribbles and all that fancy stuff. But it's just not, not are you, who I am. Are you every bit of the 6'3 they list you at? Oh, yeah. And I will stand by it till I die. <laughs> I used to be like, oh, I'm not like 6'3, trying to be all like feminine and like, oh, I could never. And now I'm like 6'3, maybe if I wear these shoes, I can be 6'4. Like, I am doing yeah. it for everything. At a girl, that's the only way to be. Yeah. Um. After kind of digging into your career statistics here, um, one thing really jumped out, and I think a lot of us know that are basketball fans that have played basketball. It seems like post players traditionally struggle with their free throws for some reason. I don't know why. You have drastically improved your free throw percentage since you've been at Iowa. Started out around sixty eight percent, and you're up to some now like around eighty four and a half percent right now. Why do you think it is that post players struggle so much on their free throws, one? And two, what really have you done to so drastically change your free throw performance over your career? Yeah, I think it's just uh, most post players are used to kind of hitting people when they shoot. So when you take everybody away from them and you just have endless space, it gets kind of hard. And I I just honestly coming to Iowa wasn't even used to taking shots that far back. Like I've had to extend my game a little bit since coming here, which is surprising considering it's still the paint basically. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I know that's always been kind of a a thing that we talk about in our postseason meetings. Like that is one area that I've consistently been asked to improve in. Um, And I think the biggest thing for me was not even just like making a certain amount, but like having to make them in a row is the most frustrating thing ever. Like you'll get, I'll do like 10 in a row or whatever and get to nine and like think I have it in the bag and relax for one second and it just off the back iron. So Mm -hmm. that has probably been the best thing for me is like the most mentally challenging thing. Um, Yeah. I've been, I've been super happy with how I'm shooting this year from the free throw line. I'm hoping the coaches are too. I can't imagine they're too upset, but it's (laughs) been, it's been good. 
Jerry, I asked her that because I don't know if either one of you two know this. And this is before Monica was even born, I'm sure. You're looking right here at the 1995 Iowa Hawkeye basketball camp free throw champion. Oh. That is true stuff. So I don't know. Yeah. I royalty. Yeah, I know. I should have probably let you know in advance. It's kind of a big deal. I still got the the little little tiny trophy, and I remember having to get. Um, drove around all over to the different field houses like okay i won this one so we got to drive you from the field house down over to carver and then it's like we're sitting there shooting and that was back when tom davis was still the coach mm -hmm. and he's sitting there watching us and i'm about ready to pee my pants as i'm shooting free throws on carver hawkeye's floor when and dr tom's sitting there watching me so it was it was an experience so jerry yeah i know i know you've reminded me of that many 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 times hey i, pe I peaked so, when i was in sixth my, grade so i gotta keep so bringing it up could, don't egg him on or he's got a certificate he'll go grab it and show it to the crowd i mean he's very proud of that which you know deservedly so because some of us yeah. didn't even reach that peak so but take us back monica now we, you know coming out of high school you've made the comment that you would have went to iowa even if you'd have had the government take us back to your recruitment and what was it about Iowa that just sealed that deal and made iowa city the place you wanted to be yeah i think i first got heard from Iowa I want to say it was around my like very beginning of my sophomore year end of freshman year and I just remember I'm not even lying coach Jay sent me a the first day that you could like text people when it was the NCAA rules she sent me a text and it had to have been at 1 or 2 a.m and it was long it was a novel and it had all these emojis and I was like she's crazy she's crazy <laughs> And I would walk around. I'd be like, Mom, this call is only going to take like 20 minutes, whatever. I'm going to call Iowa. And I'd be walking around my yard for an hour, just back and <laughs> forth. And she just did a really good job of making it feel so personal. Um, and they're just such great people. And you can you kind of get a sense of that when you talk to as many coaches as you do during recruitment, kind of which ones feel genuine and which ones don't. And everybody just felt so genuine in Iowa. And I remember coming on my like, unofficial visit I think I just came to a football game or maybe it was a basketball thing but um I just told my mom like if they offer I'm gonna commit so and then they didn't offer on that trip but I was in the car a different time and they offered and immediately I didn't even have to say like let me think about it for a little bit I was like I'm committing and in the back seat my youngest sister starts bawling starts literally crying she was like don't go to college don't go she just immediately burns out. it was the most chaotic car I'd ever but I just knew right away when I got to Iowa City that like this is the place I wanted to be I love the atmosphere I love the coaches I mean I love the Big Ten uh, and it was just everything kind of lined up perfectly for me wow that's a good story <laughs> well I, I hate it when like a, an answer is so good I get so sucked into it that I forget to ask the next question I'm like that was that was uh, that was a really good what Take us, take us in deeper to that that family atmosphere that the Iowa women's basketball program has. Now, we've talked about this quite a bit on the podcast, but it really just feels different with you guys. Um, you guys feel like just one succinct unit, uh, Coach Jensen and Coach Bluter. It just feels like uh, a really great, special thing that you guys have going there. Uh, bring us into that family environment and what it's like to play for that staff. Oh, yeah. Well, first of all, the staff balance each other out. So I've never met like a, a more well-balanced staff. Like Coach Bluter is so serious. Coach Jay is so like motivational. They all just have their own thing that they know they're good at and they've been doing it for so long. They know how to bounce off of each other really well. 
But I think for me, it was more seeing how the team interacted too was a big thing. I wanted to be somewhere that felt very lighthearted. Like the reason I play basketball is to have those experiences with my teammates and like have fun and good chemistry on the court. So that was huge. And I just remember going on visits and seeing them like playing ping pong and not even just like always getting along, like arguing too. It was like a big thing. I was like, oh, I'm going to love it. Like just like the banter and joking around was, was huge, but everybody is just so comfortable and down to earth and coach Bluter will text us. I mean, even after losing to Ohio state, she was like, I'm, I'm always so proud to coach you guys. Like I want to say how proud I am. You gave your all to that game. Like I can't ask you to do anything more. And that's just like, she genuinely cares about us and wants us to do well. She's calling us about our exams. Like they, they all just check in and it really makes you feel so special. I don't, I don't want, I don't want to dig into that game, Jerry. But there was a blatant kickball that was missed yeah. at the end. That <laughs> I shouldn't dive into it either. But uh, I'm bitter. I'm bitter. I'm frustrated about that game. Uh, I was yelling at the TV the whole entire time. Well, it seems like Caitlin was getting mugged enough that you know they might not have called the foul, but maybe there should have been some uh, law enforcement off the uh, coming yeah. off the court that should have uh, should have been there as far as uh, you know some assault charges or something. But now uh, well, we won't get into that right now. So, so you know, Monica, you come into Iowa then, and uh, you know you get get into that locker room, and you've got names like Gustafson, uh, Kathleen Doyle, you know, Mackenzie Meyer. You know, what's what was your welcome to Iowa, welcome to Big Ten moment where you just realized this is this, you know, we're not high school anymore. Yeah, I mean, I think the very first one not to do with like physicality is Megan and Hannah left for Rio at one point during our summer. They went on like a, a church camp thing. And I remember having to play the five and we were doing a drill where we just ran up and down and up and down. Like it was just full court. And I was sucking wind. And it was an hour and 30 minute practice. And that was like nothing compared to right now. We go for like two and a half hours, maybe three. And I was like, there's actually no way I can do this. Like, how am I supposed to do this? Coach Jay's yelling at me to run faster. And I feel like I'm going to die. I was like, there's no way I can actually do this. And then Megan comes back and I immediately get an elbow to the chest as hard as I can. And I was just like, here we go. I was like, this is it. Uh, oh. I get the, you know, you tell that story and with Megan, we've interviewed her previously and you get an elbow to the chest, but yet at the same time, I could just see her being like really nice and helping you up and then maybe doing oh, it yeah. again later in practice. Is that how she is behind the scenes or is this, is there a different persona when she's on the court with you guys? I would say when she steps on the court, it's like not Megan anymore. It, it's, it's somebody else. It's an alternative ego. She is so nice. Once the whistle blows that, it, that we're done, mm-hmm. like, and she's, don't get me wrong, she's nice during the whole thing, but she turns into, like, an actual machine when <laughs> yeah. it happens. Like, she is just doing whatever she needs to do. And, and no apologies, not, like, she's going to get it done, which was so amazing and great for me to see as, as a freshman and kind of model my game after. But afterwards, she'd be like, oh, you did so great today, as she had 40 points and, like, 30 <laughs> It's like, great practice, Mara. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Sounds like Jerry on this podcast. Uh, it she, is. No, I don't know about the machine. I'm the one that's getting knocked to the ground and you're helping me back up a lot of times. So, Oh, all right, Monica. Now, other than Minnesota, pull us in and paint us a picture. Okay. What is that one visiting arena atmosphere and fan base that when you walk into that arena and you're getting ready to take the court that your blood pressure rises just a little bit more. You want this one just a little bit more. The fan base maybe gets under your skin a little bit more than others. You just really, really want this one. Other than Minnesota, Mm -hmm. what program does that for you? Wow, that's a great question. 
And, and why is it Nebraska? <laughs> I, honestly, I would honestly go kind of between Nebraska and Maryland, honestly. Like Maryland just because of the the prestige the program has in the women's game and how everybody always thinks that they're going to be the ones to win it every year. And that just really gets under all of our skins, I think. And we just want it so much more. But also Nebraska, I, I mean, I didn't even know how the Iowa – Nebraska rivalry was until I got here it's a different level I just did not I did not fully realize it yeah. and so I think I just want it so much for for the people who absolutely like we have kids from Iowa on our a manager staff and stuff who actually despise Nebraska yeah I've never seen anything like it before and I just know how much it means to them so that one is one that I'm definitely gearing up for Oh, that's I I was at the game in Lincoln we just talked about and um I was getting pretty rowdy and uh it, it got hostile out in the crowd yeah. for sure. And it was getting hostile on the court, but that was a fun game to be at for sure. Oh, it was a fun one to play. I mean the atmosphere is great. I love it. Like the thing with those type of games, even when you have two teams who are just want to win so bad, it brings out the best in women's basketball. Like yeah, like we, there was eight thousand people there, like all so into the game. I mean, we were all playing super competitively. It was just, I mean, that's exactly what you want. Yeah. Yeah. You know, living here in the state, Monica, I don't know if you were privy to any of this backlash, but Adam and I living here in Nebraska, all we heard about after that game was the foul disparity. And I mean, kind of what you run into with the fans here is like, there's always an excuse why, you know, why they lost. And I mean, there's, it's never the fact that, you know, we can just accept that we got beat. But one of the things about that foul disparity in the crowd really hassling you guys was, Caitlin just egging it on, you know, and we heard about that too. Oh, they were going on and on about how Caitlin just, you know, basically, you know, it was just, they were frustrated, but as a teammate, how does that feel? I mean, Caitlin was doing that with Ohio state the other night too. The the more the competitive juices flow, the more she, the more she wants it to bring it on and make it even more high pressure as a teammate. What's that do for you? Does that get you charged up or how do you react to something like that when you see her do that? Yeah, it definitely gets us all charged up. There's like a fine, we have to like as a cap this is more so as a captain than a teammate like figuring out the fine line because it does it brings out the best women's basketball and gets us all amped up but there is a fine line where we always are like watching her while she's doing it like what is she gonna do next (laughs) kind of a thing but uh it does I think it it brings the crowd into it I think it it's exactly what people want to watch is the thing like this is why people tune in because they love seeing that energy and they love seeing us play um and I think it's it's no different than anything that's happening on the men's side when people bring that up and they're like, oh, Caitlin Clark, like this, 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 and that. I'm like, why why do you watch men's basketball? Like, it's the exact exactly. same. So I think it's just it's exactly what the game needs. It's big personalities, and I love our program that, that they allow the fans to see our personalities and kind of get to know us. Um, yeah. and I think it's exactly what, what the state of Iowa deserves. Well, it is. And, you know, to, and that's, I love that example because you know what, and this is nothing it's, but when Luca come down and he'd have a great one and he'd be thumping the chest mm-hmm. or, you know, celebrating, it was, it was celebrated. And then when somebody like Caitlin does it, you know, it's just people, you know, they want to kind of rebuke it and uh, it's not, it should be looked at as the exact same way. She's pumping up the crowd. She's mm-hmm. getting into the game. And so you're exactly right. It's less like, you know, and I think it needs to be more well-received than it is. Mm-hmm. No, I completely yeah. agree. Iowa fans love it. Visiting yeah. fans do not. <laughs> well, well you know, that, and, that, and that goes to the level of play that's being uh, that's being shown to the visiting fans as well. Mm-hmm. Exactly. 
We don't care what the other fans think. It doesn't matter because we get sucked in. And especially with this team, Jerry and I were just talking on one of our last podcasts is like, I could be in an arena of 25,000 people, but when you guys are out on the court with the passion and the chemistry that you guys play with, you just get sucked in and you get tunnel vision and you feel like you're almost out there with you guys. Now you and you and Caitlin have really developed some great chemistry over the last few years. And she really seems to look for you out on the court. Uh, tell us about how that chemistry is developed and, what you guys have done to bring that to such a high level. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think it really kind of solidified more this year than last year. Last year was so hard with COVID. Like most of the time you develop those type of relationships with your teammates in the summer and in the off season. But I mean, we'd see them one time and then have to go into like quarantine for two weeks and then hang out with them once. And then all of a sudden that like, there was just so much kind of up and down happening. Um, But I think it was just our, all of our relationships this summer, kind of flourished and I just really think that getting in the gym getting those repetitions in with each other really really helped and kind of made us both better and I know she she's an amazing passer it's actually unreal but it takes a while to learn a new point guard I mean being quite honest all of them have different tendencies I'm sure she would say the same thing about she she knows exactly where I want the ball so uh it's definitely takes a little bit to get used to it and I think we're getting into that groove yeah, I was going to say, because that was going to be my next question, was the synchronicity between you two. I mean, you seem to be – how long did it take you to get your head on a swivel to wait for that pass? Because she's – you know, you guys have this great inside-out game now where she's got the double and triple team. She can find you on the cut in the lane. And how long did it take you guys to develop that, or how long did it take you to understand that that ball could be coming at any minute? Oh, I've gotten hit in the head and the chest a couple times <laughs> leading up to that. But I just remember, like, I think one of the first times, and sometimes it still catches me off guard. Like sometimes I'm like, like, whoa, like literally, whoa. But I just remember when we played Kentucky in the NCAA tournament, there's one time I was running the floor in transition and she had the ball. And I was just thinking like, I'm just like, I'm full sprinting right now. Like there's no way she's throwing this ball. And I was like, Monica, don't be stupid. Like it's Caitlin. She's throwing the ball. I turn around, it's two inches from my face. <laughs> I just had to immediately act so fast. Uh, and that was kind of, I think, the that was the kind of a, the moment where I figured it out a little bit more. And I kind of could get inside of her head and figure out what, what she was thinking and how when she was going to throw it. But I did make it, thank God. But uh, that was kind of a moment where I was like, oh, my gosh. Well, you know, right. if the basketball thing doesn't work out, maybe you talk to Kirk about being a GA and teaching the wide receivers, you know, because <laughs> be, be ready for that pass. It may be right there. Now, I'm totally messed up on everybody's eligibility right now with the COVID and everything like that. Monica, do you have another year or is this for sure your final year? I have another one. I'm kind of contemplating what okay. my next steps are, but I do have one that okay. is in the back pocket if I need to use it. Okay. All right. Well, Jerry and I will leave our opinions out. I think you know what the, that is. <laughs> uh, we well, just whatever you decide, we wish you the best and whatever whatever you decide to do. Thank you very much. Are you hearing anything back, Monica, as far as other aspects of your game to work on? And I guess part B to that question would be is, you know, how much would you consider possibly overseas even as an option versus the WNBA should, you know, based on what you're hearing back? Yeah, I mean, I think from kind of the coaching staff improvement-wise, I think my my role on this team, our team talks a lot about roles and stepping into them, and my role is literally to be as consistent as I can be. I give the team same thing every night. They know what to expect from me. They know how reliable I am, and I think that is something that I 
I really try to step into and kind of flourish with. And I think, I think if anything, it's always to improve that efficiency, improve that rebounding, like aim for coach day. And I always talk about like, are the rebounding ranges we want me in for each game. And I think they have been really improving over the last couple of games. Um, and that's something I always want to improve in, but, uh, overseas wise, that is something I'm hugely interested in. Uh, when, whenever my career ends here, uh, mm-hmm. my dad's from Hungary, uh, given the confusing last name, but <laughs> I have family there. That would be kind of a cool experience to, to play over there and get to be with them and kind of soak in that culture. But I think that as long as I have this ability to do this and to make money doing it, why not? Yeah. And he played professionally over there, didn't he? He he was more of a soccer. This is like funny. He was more of a soccer and karate guy, actually. Yeah. He always loves to talk about like, oh, I had this black belt and this and that, and like, you got all of your good hands from me. All this stuff. It's very funny. But no, he. It's funny actually. He doesn't know. I told him I got a scholarship to Iowa, and he was like, awesome. And like that was it. Like he he recently has figured out like. <laughs> rules of basketball and like understand it fully before he would be so confused the whole time like why did this happen why did this happen and I would have to like explain the whole thing to him well, Monica how did you really get started playing basketball then because usually it's influenced from from parents typically uh what really got the ball in your hand and got you playing well my mom played a little bit growing up but I think it was more so my mom's kind of rule in our household is we had to be involved in something every kind of every season I would say whether it was like theater, a sport, like it could have been anything like that. We just had to be in something. But growing up, I was so much taller than all my friends. Like even right away from the beginning, my I think my mom was just like, we got to get her into it. She could be good at this. And I actually hated it for a long, I hated it till like freshman year of high school. And I, then I finally, I broke my leg and like had to rehab back from that. And that was kind of when I had to make a decision if I, if I wanted to do it, I had to kind of give it, give it all even all I had but yeah I did it was funny I really didn't like it until freshman year high school that's interesting you had a a, a little bit of a misfortune though in junior high if I from one of the articles that we read that um kind of fueled your sports though too because it talked about how you didn't have any really any sports interest to start but Mm -hmm. tell us more about what happened and about how that kind of developed into your uh, into your drive athletically yeah so I it was like the eighth my eighth grade summer so like right before high school and I had my eighth grade year, I was like playing, like playing varsity, getting good minutes. Um, and I was four wheeling and hit basically my four wheeler tire got stuck like in a gravel road and I gave it more gas and it slingshotted out. And I actually got stuck in a fence and like my leg, my fe- I broke my femur. So my like thigh bone basically in half broke my wrist. Um, and once I finally got out from that, it was, I mean, that's the biggest bone. It took almost a full year to kind of rehab back from that. And I just remember like laying, this is so dramatic of me, but like laying down in the field, I was like, mom, will I ever play basketball again? And she was just like so confused because she didn't think I liked it. <laughs> um, and that was kind of realizing that then that that was something I wanted to do. And I had to work really hard for, I had to go to, I joined the swim team because of it. Cause that was the only thing I could do rehab wise. Um, I couldn't do volleyball anymore. Um, rehabbed for literally a whole year. You guys should have seen. I, I would run, and it would be lit- It was like you just shot a deer, and they were like trying to do it. Like, I would be galloping because oh. my leg didn't have the strength. So I really had to kind of fight my way back from that. And by the time I did, I think it just kind of gave me a new perspective on 
what I wanted and how hard I was going to have to work. One report on the swimming note, one report said that you, one leg was so much stronger than the other. You kept running into the, uh, the sideline divider when you were swimming. Is that true? Or? Yeah, I eventually had to like stop kicking, which is not what you're supposed to do at all. Right. Well, I would do all, so my upper body got so strong because I would just do, because I couldn't, I would literally be bouncing off of everything. So eventually I had to just kind of makeshift swim, I guess, and I actually did pretty well. I think I made it to sections that year and like got my first varsity letter in swimming, which was awesome. But that was a hot mess in the pool. <laughs> I need to take note. I'm like a torpedo. I just sink to the bottom. Like I'm so I'm I am not an I am not an aqu aquatic individual whatsoever. But um, Jerry, are you ready for us to get deep into these rapid fire questions to really find out who Monica is as a person? Oh, yeah, I am. I mean, I can <laughs> yeah. tell she's sweating now just at the thought of this. So uh, actually, no, oh, no, she's not. She's stepping up to the pressure just there, like we expect uh, from, a, from a Hawkeye basketball player. So mm -hmm. you, you go ahead, Adam. All right. Well, you think you got it. Just wait till the questions start rolling in. Then, <laughs> thing, then things are going to get real. These All right. Be really difficult. All right, Monica, rapid fire questions. Here we go. If you could hang out with any celebrity in the world, who would it be? Zendaya. Who? <laughs> Zendaya. Who's that? Oh, my Spider God. Spider-Man. Come on, man. Oh, is that the girl from Spider-Man? Yes. Mary, okay. Yeah, Mary J. Okay. Adam. Okay. Oh, I'm my sorry. God. I didn't know her name. I, I've seen I... it. I've seen it. It was a really, really good movie. The really, last, really the last Spider-Man was insanely good. I'm gonna she be was, honest, uh, I got a little emotional. It was real was good. Really, really good. Awesome yeah. singing voice too. Wasn't a Greatest Showman maybe? Oh or yeah, something? it was. Yeah. I don't even. I like watched half of that video and I was like, I can't listen to it anymore. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. All right. I didn't know her name, but I know who you're talking about now. All right. I'll try to keep up here. Um, I, maybe I should have been the one that was nervous before this. Um, <laughs> favorite movie of all time? Avatar. That's a great one. Um, last, last movie you watched? Oh, last night I watched uh, Captain America Winter Soldier. All right. Yay or nay? I liked it. I gave okay. it like an 8-1. Eight, 8-1. One. Eight, one. Okay. There you okay. Go. Solid rating. We got our own little, we got our own Rotten Tomatoes score here yeah. from Megan. Yes, we do. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we got a future movie critic on our hands here. <laughs> there you go. All right, uh, rock, hip hop, or country? Oh, probably rock. Okay. There All right. The, the last song played on your phone. Oh God, I actually have no idea. It's gonna be oh the one by Taylor Swift. I listened to that before this. Okay. Okay. Um, guilty pleasure TV show that you're embarrassed about? Oh, that I'm embarrassed about. I watch Everyone's a lot got, of. Like, a Think of one, but I watch a lot of like magic ones that are like very embarrassing. Like, like The Witcher, I guess. Like, uh, okay. oh, yeah, like sci fi. Yeah, there's like magic and stuff happening. Well, that's not bad. I've heard Witcher's good. It is really good, actually. Okay. Um, your favorite basketball player that you looked up to as a kid? Oh, great question. Probably Maya Moore. Maya Moore. Okay. Okay. Um, favorite fast food? You guys are going to – it could be Taco Bell. That's okay. That's okay. good. Yeah, I like I, Taco Bell. I love Taco Bell. Taco yeah. Bell is like a college right of passion. We love Taco Bell back at that age. It is. 
Oh, back in the day when they had the caramel apple empanada, that oh. thing would like make your knees buckle. It was Absolutely. so good. Good. Oh my gosh! Like if I had a buddy call me, I'd be like, "Hey, it's Taco Bell time. I'll call you back <laughs> when I'm done." The stuff was like it, it. It's next level. It's not good for you, but hey. Oh, oh well. no. Um, dogs or cats? Dogs. All right. Heck yeah, you're a good person. <laughs> Least favorite basketball drill to do in practice? Oh, I. It's called the. Um, Shashesky layups. Okay. Okay. Shashesky layups. So describe that real quick for us. Yeah. You, you literally just keep going. Like you just don't stop. You just run down, shoot layup, run back, shoot layup. It just like is consistent. You never stop. So that's probably why. Okay. Are you? Do you have the ball in your hand the whole time, yeah. dribbling? Yeah. And like when somebody makes it, you like have to grab it out of the rim and immediately start going. So okay. Like you, you're on the baseline for like two seconds, maybe. Okay. All right, and then finally, we feel like you can really tell a lot by a person by the toppings they get on their pizza. What, if you're ordering a pizza right now, what are you getting on it? Okay, I'm going to do – this is my family's pizza order. People hate it. It's pepperoni, black olives, spinach, and mushrooms. Spinach. Ooh, that sounds good. That I could go really for good. that other than the okay, spinach on the pizza. black olives are normally so controversial. I'm surprised it's spinach that you're the, that's the one because mushrooms and black yeah. olives people normally – not good with. So I always get sausage, uh, black olive, and mushroom all, all right, the time. That's well, that's very similar. Yeah, yeah. Adam, I'm going to tell you right now. After these rapid fire questions, we're going to go get the pizza with those toppings and watch some Zendaya movies just oh. to get you educated on both. So her no, name Zendaya. I did not know that was her name. <laughs> all right. All, All right. right. So, so, Monica, I got to ask you this. Uh, thanks for participating in our rapid fire questions. Hopefully oh, they weren't you. too taxing for you on this uh, in this fine morning before school. But um, all right. So a week from tonight, you get the rematch with Minnesota. Um, your sister's been battling some injury uh, issues this year. Will she be able to play? And after that 105 to 49 thrashing you put on them last time, you know, what, what's the outlook as we uh, as we go to play? the home state next week yeah i hope she'll be cleared i guess it's every time i call her i'm like what's the, what's what does it look like like are you going to be able to so i think she's doing everything in her power to kind of get back out there but i think they're going to be pissed i mean yeah that was that was quite the win we had there um but i mean they haven't had to play in carver yet maggie has never been to carver on, as a visiting team so i think she's in for kind of a, a special surprise Monica, what do you feel about the Carver environment with the fans there? There's been kind of back and forth on that where the student section is set up, whether it should be moved more to like midcourt, like a lot of other schools. Um, for someone that plays in there as often as you do compared to other arenas, what is it like? I think it's amazing. I think it's it's just louder than anywhere else I've ever played, quite honestly. I think that the fans do a great job of filling it. It's intimidating to look at. I agree, though, that I think that students could be closer um, I just feel like we get a much better turnout student-wise. We get a lot of Hawkeye loyals coming in, but I think we could get more students to come. Um, but it is, it's by far my, I wouldn't even, I'm not even saying that because I go, like it is genuinely the most exciting place to play in the Big Ten. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that's good to hear. We got to hear from somebody that's actually living it instead yes. of <laughs> yes. us fans. So, so. So as we move forward, then, Monica, and looking to the future, we talked about the secession with the players, the players that you played with. Um, now, as Monica looks forward to the future of the Iowa program, who are some of the names we need to be keeping an eye on then as well, uh, you know, in, in the uh, lineage here? 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, you know as much as I do. I feel like <laughs> I, I am focused on literally what is happening in the here and now. I remember my whatever year it was, people were like, have you heard that Caitlin committed? Have you? And I'm like, no, I honestly haven't. I'm, I just am focused on what we're doing right now. So you probably know more than I do at this point. <laughs> that, that's a good way to be. That's, that's shown a lot of confidence in Adam and I that probably shouldn't really be there. But, hey, that's like, we'll no. take it. We, we take all the compliments we can get. So. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Monica, we're going to let you get going. I know you got a busy day of classes and I'm sure practice. But, hey, best of luck the rest of the season. We are 100% behind you. I got my BTN plus package rocking and rolling for those times that I am so frustrated when you guys aren't on BTN. But I got the plus package so I can see them all now. But um, we're, we're going to try to make it to another game before the end of the season and wish you guys nothing but success the rest of the way. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for having me. I had a blast. I appreciate that. And if we had a Midwest bank in the area, we'd be banking there for you. So, <laughs> Heck yeah. <laughs> for never, anybody that might want to know what Monica's NIL deal is going on right now. We've never wanted to bank somewhere so much in our lives. It's great advertising. Amazing. All right, All Monica. Right. Thanks a lot. Go Hawks. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Go All on. right, we'll see you.